Makes me, makes me want to break out in Italian. Bravissimo! Magnifico! I was begging my wife beforehand to let me do an interpretive dance to that tonight. I have been, I have been working it. You, you just would not believe it, but, you know, I thought, well, I have been a little under the weather, and people might think I'm delirious this week. Oh, yes. <clears throat> that was a demonstration of marital harmony right there. Stephanie and Luke, can you imagine them fighting over who's going to play what parts, you know, and it's harmony. We're going to talk about harmony tonight. It's, yeah, that's right. It's good to see all of you this evening. Listen, before I get started tonight, I have a few things I want to mention. First of all, our veterans, we got a few veterans. Would you guys stand up, guys or gals, but I think we got mostly guys here tonight. <clears throat> I want to see our veterans, yeah. It's very good to see you guys. Some of these guys served during our last Iraq war, and um, Jeremy there is visiting tonight. Jeremy, you know, your dad, he wasn't supposed to show me. When I used to travel to Berlin, Germany, that was a while back, your dad, he says to me, Mark, come in here, i got to show you something. He says, I can't, sh- <laughs> I'll be careful how much I say here. He, said, he says, I can't show any of my Berliner friends over here, but you got to see this. So he sneaks me into the television, he goes, this is one of Jeremy's sorties over Iraq. Jeremy used to drive, uh, fly, not MiGs, but what do they call F-16s? Is that what we call them? F-18s. He used to land on the boats, right? On the, on the big, yeah, right. He used to land on those. I was going to do that, but the Top Gun stuff just wasn't good enough for me. You know, I was just like, you know, I got to do something bigger than that. Anyway, so he used to land on those things and fly, and he's those bombs are going off. And Gene said, look at that. Got the target. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. We better not show nobody here in Berlin. Anyway, he was very proud of you, Jeremy. We're very proud of you. And Matt as well. And Nate, they both just served recently, I believe, in Kuwait. Was it not? Now that you're back and it's safe that I can tell the whole world? Anyway, it's good to have you guys back home. We've got a few veterans downstairs. John Brenny, you're in here too, aren't you? At least you were. He was in the service for a while, I'm pretty sure. That was back in the old days, wasn't it, John? Yeah, I'm teasing, John. Okay, anyway, I wanted to make that announcement. Second thing that I wanted to, um, I, I really, in all sincerity, I mean this, our, our veterans, where would we be, 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 be without them? I was recently doing Bill and Christina's wedding, and I had the privilege of meeting her grandmother. And um, that week leading up to the wedding, um, her grandmother's husband passed away. He was 92, and he served in World War II. And so I got to meet her in the back of the auditorium on rehearsal night, and uh, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what to say because it was a very, very happy occasion. She wanted to celebrate Christina, and then, but her husband had passed away just the day before. So I gave her a gentle handshake, and I told her, "I'm, I'm very sorry about your loss." And she, you know, they've been married 70 years. 70 years, folks. And I thought 38 was a long time. I'm coming up on 38, and she said, "You're about halfway there, Sonny." And that was, <laughs> it was really cute. And I said, "I said, Lou, did you meet?" Shortly after the war, she said, we met right after the war, 1945, we met at a roller skating rink. She said, I was about 17, he was about 19. You know, it's not often you get to meet someone who literally helped save the world. I don't know if you know much about World War II, but I won't get into it tonight. Our veterans and their families, we owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude. And uh, I sincerely thank you guys very, very much. I also wanted to let you know Thanksgiving's coming up. And we have a dear brother here who works with an organization called Hospitality Chinese Center. Tim is the executive director. And one of the things I want to encourage you to pray about 
this Thanksgiving is inviting a Chinese student or two or three to your home to share Thanksgiving with you. It's a great opportunity to be a light for Christ. So many Chinese come to the United States to study, and about 90% of them go back home having never visited an American's home because they'd really like to, but people don't just invite them. <clears throat> so if you're interested in doing this, I know some of my kids have done this with their families. They've had some Chinese students over for Thanksgiving. You can go to hcchinese.org, hcchinese.org, and you can sign up, and they'll get you all set up, and then you'll need to go pick up those students on that day, kind of spend the day there with them, and then you take them back home. So they'll give you instructions on that. Last thing I wanted to mention is um, it fits in with this theme. You know, last week we looked at a verse in Philippians, right? Philippians chapter 4. And I don't know if you've thought about this in the Bible very much, but it says this. Let your considerateness be known to all men. In other words, you want to have a reputation as a Christian for being considerate. <clears throat> so recently, I had an interesting situation on voting day. Uh, maybe you didn't have a, or a situation like this, but I, I had a very unique situation. So I walk over. I got there right when the polls opened. I was at a little Lutheran church not far from where I live. And there was a lot of people already in line. <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, anxious to get to their job. They want to get their voting done. <clears throat> so I'd say there was about 100, 100 of us in line. <clears throat> and uh, they hadn't even opened the door. And finally they opened the door. And there's only 10 of those little desk things, you know, with the sides where you can sign up. So the rest of us are getting our sheet. And, <clears throat> and literally we're all just standing in line, you know, holding our, our form. <clears throat> so they had these chairs set in the middle. I'm giving you some examples of what it means to be considerate. That's what I'm doing here. <clears throat> and so all these seats, the lady said, well, you guys can sit down here. But, of course, if you sit down, then you lose your place in line to get to the booth. <clears throat> so this is just how I think when I walk into these kind of things. And I'm thinking, you know, bless these people's hearts. They're the engine of our economy. They're all standing here in line because they don't have a pen to fill out their form. And none of us are embarrassed we all look at our phones anyway. We don't need that much privacy. All we got to do is stand here. A hundred people could fill out their form at one time. <clears throat> so the lady walks in. The, the young lady, she's helping. She says, folks, now I want you to know, uh, we, the, you, know you, you need to wait up here until you get your, your stuff filled out because we only have pens right there at 10 pens. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I said, do you have any more anywhere? Because these folks, my goodness, we're not ashamed. We'll just stand right here in line and fill out this form. And she goes, and all the people are looking at me. And you can tell everybody wanted to say something, but nobody did. So the girl said, well, I'm sorry, sir. I don't think we have any more. So I said, well, okay. So she comes in. Pretty soon she comes in with this giant wad of pens. And I start handing them out. And all these people are coming up to me going, thank you, thank you so much for doing that. I said, yeah, here, have a seat right here. We'll just sit down beside each other and we'll fill out our ballot. Said, We're not staring at each other's test. Just fill. Who needs privacy? Just fill out the ballot. <laughs> and they're laughing and they're walking up to me, thanking me. Well, as we're, as we're going out the door, <clears throat> there was one Muslim lady. And uh, I've seen her in my neighborhood, and she was dressed in her full burqa except for the um, face covering. <clears throat> and she walks up to me. She can't speak very clear English, and she says, excuse me. I said, sure, what can I do for you? She said, well, um, we're going to have to move from our house really soon, and I'm looking for a, you know, I had to listen very carefully to make this out. We're looking for a three-bedroom house with a, a ba uh, two bathrooms to rent. Could, do you know of anything? I said, 
I don't. I said, do you write two houses down for me? She said, I do. I said, well, I'll keep my ear to the ground. So I went home, and I started scouring Egan Rentals, and I printed out a couple, and I walked over a couple houses down, and I knocked on the door. And little son Muhammad came to the door. I said, excuse me, Muhammad, I met your mother the other day, I believe, at the, elect, at the voting, and she asked me about a house for rent. Yes. And I said, well, would you give her the sheet of paper? Here's the listing of where that house is, and I think this might suit you. Would you let me know if I can do anything to help you? Now, why did I share all this? I want to illustrate to you how important it is, especially now, especially now, brothers and sisters, that we're considerate to all people. Let's be considerate. Some of you, I, I wrote a letter to some of the leaders here at The Rock that I work with. Some of you may be elated with the election results. Some of you may be despairing. Whatever the case, remember out there, we represent Jesus Christ. We're part of an eternal kingdom. We're part of the citizen. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're also a citizen here in the United States, but our first allegiance is to our Savior. So remember, as you go about your day, as you're dealing with people, whether they're from other countries, no matter what other place they are from the world, or whether they voted for that other lady, be kind, be considerate, be thoughtful, and let Christ shine through you. That leads me into my message tonight, okay? So we're doing this simple ways to make your marriage much better. And I really mean that, simple ways. Last week, I set this whole thing up, and I don't have time to do it again. So I want to encourage you, if you are not able to be here, go to strongdisciple.com. Strongdisciple.com. You will find all of my messages on that site, 30 years of them, actually. But this is the one you want to look for, part one of simple ways to make your marriage much better. And I'm going to talk about, at the beginning of that, why we're getting into this. But the, but the first thing that I want to remind you of is this. Remember to practice your Christianity on your spouse. Practice your Christianity on your spouse. The single greatest secret of Kathy and I's marriage and our relationship and the demonstration to our children was we never forgot that our first priority is to practice our Christianity on each other. Not first on the children, but first on each other. And this is so imperative, so important to remember this, because as I shared with you last week, often moms, moms, I'll start with you, the children get treated much nicer than the husband. And husbands, we come home, we give our family our leftovers, we treat our employees or our customers or our clients or the people we deal with with respect and kindness. We give the best of our effort. And then what happens is we get home together and we're both kind of worn out and we just sort of let it all hang out, and we forget, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to ruin the quality of your marriage, of your marital relationship, if you sort of give each other leftovers all the time. <clears throat> and so we need to remember, God, I need your grace. I'm coming home, and then when there's children involved, Lord, I want to be a good advertisement for the Christian faith to my children. And the first billboard they see is mom and dad. Not how mommy treats them or daddy treats them, but first, how we treat each other. Here's why. I have seen a lot of families where, <clears throat> over the years, I, before I started The Rock, I was at Evergreen, started the Evergreen Churches. I've worked with, I've done hundreds of conferences, marriage conferences, family conferences, worked with people. And here's what I've seen. <clears throat> I've seen mom act really sweet to the children. 
but dad sort of gets gruffness. And what happens, here's what happens. Children grow up and they go, hmm. When they get to be about 13 or 14, they smell hypocrisy. They smell hypocrisy. See, we want our children to embrace our faith. We want our children to embrace the authenticity and the quality of our Christianity. And that starts with mom and dad. <clears throat> starts with us. So... We looked at three verses. I just want to refer to them again tonight. The first one is in Philippians 4, verse 5. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming back soon. James chapter 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual, demonic. <clears throat> For where you have envy and selfish ambition, you'll find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, and full of mercy, compassion, and good fruit. It's sincere. That's what we want demonstrated in our marriage. The last passage was in Peter. I'll just quote it. For the person who wants to be happy and see good days, let him turn from evil and do what is good. Let them speak what is good and helpful and not what is hurtful. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, but the face of the Lord turns against those who do evil. God wants us to watch what comes out of our mouth. He wants us to seek peace and pursue it. If you want a happy life, then we have to be people who really pursue peace and consideredness with our spouse. All right, so we're just going to get in. We're going to start with, we did three last week. I got a bunch more to share with you. The last week, the, the, they were simple. Be thoughtful and considerate. Be polite. Say thank you and please. Say thank you. Sweetheart, thank you for that supper. Sweetheart, thank you for, uh, today my wife filled up the van. She didn't, you know, usually I'd fill it up. <clears throat> and I walked out, it was full. I said, sweetheart, did you fill that today? I did, Mar. I said, thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Remember to make your marriage <laughs> as enjoyable experience as possible. Find out what pleases your spouse. Have you ever thought about that? Find out what pleases your spouse. It's amazing. I used to be in sales years ago, and it's amazing when you're out trying to deal with a client. Some of you, you know, have done those million-dollar sales. Phil Burt, he's back here. That guy deals in million-dollar sales. <clears throat> One of the things you try to do when you're wooing a customer is find out something they like. What pleases them? You want to find out, help them, uh, you know, build a rapport with them. Wow, think about how our marriage would be if we worked on finding out what pleases my spouse. Not just what pleases me, but what pleases them. <clears throat> and the third thing was be pleasant and cheerful. Do your work. Uh, do you go to work as a grouch? Why do we come home this way? The Bible says a cheerful heart has a continual feast. It's amazing what a cheerful heart does. All right, so we're going to get into some more, all right? <clears throat> just one moment. I had to blow my nose. I've been sick all week. Actually, <laughs> you're really sick. So just one moment. But we'll get there. I've had to do this many times in my life. <clears throat> so number four is this. 
Learn to really share your life with your spouse. Talk to them. Listen well to them. Let them in on your thoughts, your feelings, and the situations of your life. Now, when I said simple ways, realize that in a marital situation, you don't always have time to sit down and have three-hour deep conversations. Some of you just don't. you got to learn how to get things in bite-sized pieces. One of the things that has been the secret to Kathy and I's relationship is just every day, every day, we just make little bits of progress. Every day, we just chip away at these things. So, you know, every day, I share with Kathy. Kathy shares with me. I listen. Today, she came home from visiting um, one of our daughters in, and uh, Jessica's little girl, Charlie. And Kathy, I could just tell she had so much joy taking 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, to share with me the cute little things that Charlie did when Grandma got there. Charlie just, Grandma's just the best thing in the world to Charlie. And so, Charlie, there's this little gate where she comes down the steps. Charlie's like, now she's 10 months, maybe she's 11. But she started walking at nine and a half months. It's just hard to even believe. And she stuck her little face through the bars to kiss Kathy. She just kept doing it. She just kept doing it. She just adores Kathy. So I just listened. I just listened. I just shared her joy. We didn't have to have a 25-hour conversation. She just brought me into her world. She shared with me. Then, then sometimes we'll just talk about frustrations. We got to learn to share with one another, guys, and be honest with our wife. Maybe you had a tough day. Maybe you just, you know, you come home, how was your day? Oh, it's all right. Well, you know, how was your day? Okay, so I came in this morning. Some, some sweet little old lady ran into the back of my wife recently in her van. And um, I'm glad Kathy didn't get hurt. But you know how it is. You got to deal with the body shop now. And I got to get all that figured out. And I really don't want to do that, but I want to do it. I want to get it done. <clears throat> but the insurance company's been a little hassle to work with. <clears throat> so I called the guy today. The guy I need to talk to isn't until Monday. But Monday's the day I got to take it in. I only got a small window because Kathy's got to drive to Kansas next weekend. So it's got to be the van because of her back. She's got to sit in a certain way. And, the, you know, you just, it's too long a story to tell you. <clears throat> So I just walked in the house. This is kind of how things go for Kathy and I. I just, man, I'll tell you, Kathy, I, I, sweetheart, I just need you to know, I tried to get all this body shop, but man, I'm telling you, those guys are frustrating. It is it's sort of incompetent over there. The guy, I, he filled out the, you know, the estimate, and then he let it sit on his desk for a week. I had to call him three times, and then he goes, oh, gee, sorry, Mr. Darling, I forgot to turn it in. I said, you know, people, they forget. I didn't get upset with him, but to my wife, I can be honest. I can say, that's really frustrating. It just gets old dealing with incompetent people sometimes. We have that kind of relationship. We share. I didn't go on and on for hours. I didn't swear on the guy, but I just let her in on my day. So she understood. You know, that's kind of frustrating. But we move on. We move on. It'll get worked out. <laughs> we got to learn how to speak to one and how to listen. How to listen. How to really listen. And I'm going to get into that in a little more in a moment. Number five, be patient with each other and extend lots of grace and mercy. Man, I'll tell you, this is something God has worked on me over and over and over because my natural way of being is not patient. Could you bring those lights down for me just a little bit, those two for me? Matt, thank you. They're, yeah, thank you. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I, I could just tell when Kathy and I were first married, and it's been a challenge all my life, actually. Just my impatience was really offensive to her. I just, my, you know, even Kathy said to me, Mark, your brain goes so fast, you are 25 steps ahead of me on everything. And I realized, you know, that, that's true. 
It's not she's a dummy. We're just wired different, and I learned to slow down, and I learned to be patient. Be patient. Boy, is it paid off. My goodness, I just found that our interaction and our, our camaraderie and the way we work together works so much better when I'm just patient. When I'm just patient. We give each other lots of grace. You know, I could, I could spend all night on just that word, grace, but I just want to tell you one of the great secrets of our marriage. When Kathy makes a mistake, I just forget about it. Generally speaking, I, my feelings get hurt, I just let it go. I just try to treat Kathy like God treats me. And this gets to the gospel, and you can go to my site and you can listen to the whole series called The Gospel. And at the end of the three-part series, it's called Living the Gospel. And you will find in there the tremendous secret to our marriage. When we were first married, that's not how I lived. When we were first married, I'd always want to sit down and, and help her understand, you were wrong. Do you understand? You were wrong. You were wrong. This was wrong. And we'd fight, and we'd argue. And one day, I don't know when it was, <laughs> it was about three years into marriage, and I began to understand that God treats me differently than I treat Kathy. And I began to understand the gospel of the grace of God and what forgiveness meant. And I began to ask myself, what would happen if I started to treat Kathy the way God treated me? Well, the first thing you think of is, well, I get walked on. And then I thought, so what? Would it be bad if I get walked on? Wouldn't it be better for me to be God-like than to be Mark-like? And a lot of things began to change. <clears throat> and I just began to realize why the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. Proverbs says it's a glory for a man to overlook an insult. I was not in the habit of overlooking insults. I was in the habit of making a point to remind her you just insulted me. That was wrong. And that's not a very fun guy to live with. And so, you know, but let me just say, I feel like I've been the recipient of the most grace in our marriage. Kathy has just shown me so much grace, so much grace in my failings, so much grace in my shortcomings, so much grace when I get frustrated or something would bug me. Here's an example. The other day, I'm not proud of this. This is just, there are ups and downs in marriages, so I'm not feeling well. But I, I'm feeling better today than I have been. But, but yesterday I was feeling really <clears throat> crummy. And it was late in the afternoon. <clears throat> and I, <clears throat> I just laid down. And the phone rang. And I can tell in my little voice thing, you know, the little call identification, it was my wife. I'm like, yeah, hi, honey. She goes, oh, are you okay? I said, oh, I just laid down. My voice, my voice was like this really low the whole week. The whole week. <clears throat> and I could tell she didn't have her normal pep in her voice. And I thought, thinking to myself, okay, something's wrong. <clears throat> she said, well, um, Mark, I came over here to, she's over in Edina. <clears throat> I came over here to walk, and uh, I came out of the car, the, and it won't start. The battery's dead. And I'm like, first thing in my mind is, great, what'd you do? Typical female, you, this is what I'm thinking in my head. <clears throat> it's not nice. I admit that, freely admit that. It was bad. <clears throat> well, I, I don't know, honey, I I said, okay, okay, let's sit back in the car, shut the doors, it's in drive, or park. Yeah, okay, now try to start it. Nothing. I said, oh, great. I said, oh, great. I said, okay, now let me ask this question. Are you backed into the parking spot, or are you pulled into the curb? She says, I'm up to the curb. Okay, are there cars on each side of you? Yep, there are. Well, then how am I going to get the jumper cable on? What am I supposed to do? I'm shot. I don't feel good. <laughs> this was not kind. It was not loving. 
I freely admit that. She was very patient with me. And I just said, okay, okay, fine. I'll get up. I'll be there. And I hung up. So I get up, and I'm driving all the way as I'm driving, 15 minutes to Edina. I timed it. <laughs> I'm saying, you know what, Lord? You know what, Lord? I suck. I suck. That, that is, Lord, that was just unkind. It's just unkind. I just help me, Lord. Help me. I need to go. I want to help her. I love this girl. I just, I'm sick, Lord, and don't want to do this. Help me. Just help me. So I get there, and there's this wonderful, beautiful female security guard. And she's got her beautiful blue car pulled up. She's got the hood open, and she's got her own jumper cables, and she's right next to my wife. And I'm like, Lord, this is the kind of stuff you do for Kathy. This stuff don't happen to me, but this stuff happens to her. This woman is like angels follow her around. Of course, of course what, I, what you kind of wanted to say was, right, like I really needed to drive all the way over here now, didn't I? I didn't do that. You'd be proud of me. I recovered. I, like, I did, wasn't more of an idiot. And so, you know, but the girl wasn't quite sure how to put the little things on. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I can help now. So I looked and I said, thank you very much. You know, this, you're kind of like an angel. I said, to be honest, I, thank you for doing this. And Kathy was cheerful and we got it started and we drove home and I apologized once we got, because we're, we're in separate cars and we don't each have a phone. So I said, honey, I'm really sorry. God just does things for you. It's amazing to me. I got up the next morning. I went to Walmart. I brought a brand new battery. I was sick. I went on the garage, and I get the battery in, get the stuff out, and realize that the little brass adapter is shot. I'm like, okay, I need to drive back to get that part. So I did. And I cheerfully walked in. Once she got him, I said, sweetheart, I put a new battery in your van, and I thank you. I had some work to do to make up for my terrible attitude. Anyway, guys, we got to show grace to one another, and my wife has been actually incredible to me in that regard. Number six, show empathy to your spouse. I want to talk with you about empathy. You know what the word means? It means to share the ability to share someone else's feelings or experiences by imagining what it would be like to be in their shoes. There's a tremendous need for empathy today. This election, there's a need for empathy. There's a need for empathy. There's a need to understand why someone else might have a different perspective than you do. <clears throat> this is so important in our relationship with our spouse. <clears throat> and I have found, to be honest, I want to just shortcut empathy. I just want to cut the wire and go, let's just fix this. That can be really offensive. It can be really offensive men to our wives. Sometimes they just need our empathy. They need our understanding. They just need us to listen, to pay attention, and to listen with our heart, and to put ourselves in that situation. Same with wives, with a husband. Husbands, we got to learn how to share things with our spouse and with our wife, to bring them into our world. <clears throat> if you don't learn to do this, I, I'm going to go over two more things, and we're going to finish, because I got more for next week, Okay. <clears throat> This gets to these two guys playing together. Be harmonious. The Bible says in Peter, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony. Finally, brothers, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, loving as brothers, deeply compassionate. The word harmonious means cooperate with each other. 
Strive to get along. Have you ever, you know, to be honest, have you ever looked at your marriage and thought, well, do you remember Rodney King? Can't we all just get along? You don't remember Rodney King. Some of you weren't even born then. I won't tell you the story. Never mind. <clears throat> I got I to gotta remember that I was born last century. <clears throat> anyway, sometimes in marriage, it just seems so difficult to get along, doesn't it? Just get along. Can we just get along? And our, and our thought could be, we'd be fine if you would do this, if you would do that. But what can I do? What can I do to live in harmony? What can I do? How can we strive to get along with each other, to fit together, to be pleasing to one another rather than disagreeable, argumentative, and contentious? Peace-loving. Get along. Get along. This has been a wonderful lesson for me over the years. Just just get along. Just get along. One of the reasons it's hard to get along, if I can be honest with you, is because we want our own way. We want our own way. I want this my way. And I remember when, I, when we first got married, this was a big deal because I'm the man and you're the girl. And I'm supposed to be in charge. And I began to realize that, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about men being submissive, not just women. We're all to learn to be submissive to one another. Get along, Mark. Get along with your spouse. Number eight. This is a good football analogy. Stop hurting your marriage. <clears throat> like a football team always getting silly penalties or making stupid mistakes. Man, sometimes we just need to go, hey, quit getting off sides. (laughs) Stop with the stupid fouls. Stop with the penalties. Just stop. For example, knock off the sarcasm. Sarcasm is not going to help your spouse. It's just not going to help. Or it may be... uh, this is something, and I'll be honest with you, again, my own flaws. And all these things I've learned in the arena of life is I studied my Bible, and I looked at life, and I thought, I need to stop that. So I have nicknames, and I used to call my wife one particular nickname only because she was riding this horse one time. When she, my wife was pregnant, she got put on a pregnant horse, and the pregnant horse's name was Big Mama. My wife did not like... My wife was fine with that being the horse, but... Um, she didn't appreciate that when I would jestingly say that. I wouldn't say Big Mama. I'd say hey, Mama Big. Anyway, never mind. Same difference. It didn't go over very well. So I settled on Punky. I like Punky. Punky's sweet. She's cute. So I refer to as Punky. That's kind of my pet name for Kathy. <clears throat> but there's been other things over the years. that Kathy, you know, I grew up the oldest of six brothers. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I was a terrible tease. I was a terrible tease. Guess what? My wife doesn't like to be teased. <laughs> she just doesn't, it, it's just not edifying to her. Now, maybe your wife does. If it is cool, guys, go for it. But my situation, it don't work too good. <clears throat> it don't work too good. I found that I just got to quit the silly penalties. Quit, Mark, just stop hurting your marriage, okay? And, and it'll just be better because you stop fouling all the time. You get farther. You get farther. This is the last one. Be for tonight. Be for each other. Does your spouse really believe you're for them? That you want their best? That you want their success, their joy? Remember, you're on the same team. You're on the same team. Boy, sometimes, let's admit it, doesn't feel like it. 
It, it feels like the biggest enemy in my life is my spouse. How many have ever felt that? Raise your hand. Come on, thank you. Raise your hand. Come on, if I'm saying this, come on, you guys, you saintly people. I should get you sharing up here. Come on up here and share your testimony right now, Dan. Tell me how wonderful it is. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm not saying it's like this all the time, but, but let's just face it. Sometimes it's like, you know, one of, the, one of the best, my wife, bless her heart, she's just shared so much good advice with me over the years, but here's one of them. Sometimes in the middle of a heated argument, she just stops, she goes, Mark, listen to me right now. You're not the enemy. I'm not the enemy. The devil's trying to get between us. He's the bad guy, not me. And it would just stop me right in my tracks because that's the truth. We're trying to live for Christ, and the devil's doing everything he can to divide our home. And boy, that was just such a good thing to remember. Kathy's not my enemy, and I'm not hers. I want her to succeed. I want her best. But does your spouse know that? Do you ever express that? I want your best. I believe in you. I believe in you. I'm for you. And I want you good. All right. We got to pray. Next week, I got about seven more, okay? So you come back. These are good. They're simple. They're not tough. We just got to learn to do them. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. First of all, thank you tonight for our veterans. Thank you for the men here who served our nation and put their life on the line. And some of them, Lord, are still in active duty. I thank you for their lives. Father, I thank you tonight for our marriages. I thank you, Lord, that you have this incredible advice in the Word of God, the Bible, that can change our lives if we read it, understand it, and apply it. They're not really complicated things, but they can be so profound to making our marriages so rich. I want to thank you tonight, Lord, for enriching my relationship with Kathy. I'm so grateful, Lord, she didn't give up on me, that you didn't give up on us, and that I didn't give up on her. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you next week.